Welcome to the Untitled Film Project Podcast. Watch the movie, then come listen. We are talking about Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour movie, a concert film that captures the show that transformed cities for days on end into meccas for Swifties the world over, uh, giving people a chance to see the concert uh, from the most popular performer in the world, arguably. Let's talk Taylor Swift's eras. Welcome to the Eras Tour. This has been the most extraordinary experience of my entire life. And we're going to ask the big question, which is... The big question is, because we've seen Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour, and we've even seen Talking Heads Stop Making Sense this year, the re-release of that, those are concert films, not documentaries. So therefore, the question is, if you could go back to any... Well, if you could have cameras at any point in history, music history, what would you love to see an IMAX, big screen, whatever, version of concert film? So of anything, and I'm leaving Any it vague time. on purpose. Okay, so that's the big question of the day. All right. So of all of music history, that's correct. Okay. What would you like to see an IMAX concert film of, or even prehistory, <laughs> from a cave wall? <laughs> <laughs> Family Guy already did that, actually. <laughs> well, for the the, uh, the Taylor time. Swift era tour movie, uh, I think we all have to disclose first uh, where we are or not are in the Taylor Swift universe. I agree. I'll start off. Uh, I have. Th- it's not bragging if it's true. Uh, she might remember me at this point in her career, but I've had many experiences with Taylor Swift from the very beginning, from the absolute start of her career. Uh, I did go see the concert. Uh, I did receive my (laughs) friendship bracelets, my Taylor bracelets that I'm wearing on the podcast today. Uh, I'm a fan. I'm a fan that has always uh, loved her music and respected her even more because I've seen her career at every stage and met her through many of those stages at different points and just literally met her literally met sure her that's clear i'm a swifty i've always been there but i also want to say because you left it out you were the only one at this table who saw the era's show like you went to a yes. the actual concert of this tour i did see this tour with my eyes in person yes <laughs> and yeah. i have seen taylor swift live but back in 2000 i want to say it was 11 Okay. At Bridgestone Arena in Nashville. So I've seen her live too, but obviously not to this scale. Pre world domination. And I saw her live in 2008 when she opened for Rascal Flats. Wow. Really? Yes. I did not know that. A long time ago. So we've all seen her live then. Yes, at different points in her career. (laughs) Very different points. Very different points. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, Ones they weren't making movies about. So so, uh, this is, it's not a documentary. There's no behind. Wait a minute. Why are you going to see Rascal Flats? It was 2008, Okay. Okay, it's a different he, point in my life. Okay. He was young. He needed the money. It's just not questioning. Right. Okay, all right. <laughs> I could go into a deep story. You don't have to here. Let's focus on Taylor, and then we'll get to that later. Please no. This movie is a concert film. It is not behind the scenes. It is, I believe, directly made for uh, people who 
did not get to see this concert. For every person that got a ticket, there was a hundred people in this world that tried. Okay, so this is to satisfy them after the North American tour is over, and for those that did go and wanted to relive it, which is what one of the reasons I went. So uh, let's talk about the, the the concert itself. Your thoughts going into it, initial takes. Let's start with Mr. Bradford. All right. So my background uh, as well, I've always enjoyed Taylor Swift's music. I don't believe I've ever been a hater. Mm -hmm. She has so many of those out there as well. Respect her is just a person that truly appreciates and respects her fans. She knows what her fans want. She gives the fans what they want. And she does everything first with the thought of what's going to make her fans happy, whether it's putting this out as a film, whether it's putting out the live music recording of the tour as well, too, mm -hmm. giving them so much during the, during the pandemic to get through it and just being true and real to herself. And that's what I appreciate about her as a business person, too, is that she's incredibly smart and intelligent, but also including people that she trusts, like her family, as yep. part of the process. But ultimately, it's her decision. And she's grown up that entire way of being empowered by her family as well to be a part of the decision-making process. And we see that so much because you see her in every aspect of it. You see the She's details. in control. She's in control. The entire movie. First of all, I want to explain my experience. Yeah, while watching please this do. Movie. In my local theater, there's 12 total screens, and it was a Sunday, and I'm thinking, okay, it's a Sunday, I'll, I want, I do want to see it, I have to see it, but I want to see it as well, <laughs> yeah. I truly do. 1989 plus tax, non-refundable, everybody knows that, right, because typically <laughs> with AMC A-list, you're able to, like, yeah. you can cancel, you can change seats, I've done that multiple times, not that I want to go, I just maybe wanted to change a seat, yep. no go to a different show. no you, passes or anything, to pay. but I, I choose the 10 o'clock show. Thinking, okay, it's a Sunday night. I'm not going to get anybody else in there. So I choose the very back row off to the corner where there's only three seats where a lot of these theaters, you know, people aren't going to want to sit next to you in a weird area like that. Yeah. Thinking the front will get taken up. <laughs> it's already creepy, by the way. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. I just, <laughs> probably isn't in my story. We'll get to later. Go I ahead. don't like people. <laughs> okay. Too much peopling you were trying to avoid. All right, but let's set that up. You are going to sit in the back corner. Yes. At a Taylor Swift movie. Yes. Okay. At 10 p.m. at night yeah. as, a, as a 39, just, a then 39-year-old male. Just want to make sure. Was there, just, were there night vision hold, goggles? Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. So I'm tracking through the day how many people have reserved seats for this. I'm like, okay, I'm still the only one. It also gets to not be, weird. <laughs> look, I just want to be aware of what I'm getting into, okay? <laughs> yeah. That's, like, it is, I can't fault him for that. So I keep looking. The 9 o'clock show has zero people. The 9.30 has 10. The 10.30 has one as well. So I'm like, man, I really wish I could go to the 9 so I'm not going to get out of there until 1 in the morning because mm -hmm. that's what time I did sure. get out was 1 in the morning. I can't change it because it's non-refundable. <laughs> right. So I'm like, I guess I'm stuck going to the 10 o'clock. So I go at 9.58 and I get get some popcorn. I ask if there's any merch left. They're like, nope, sorry, that, that's been gone. Yeah. And I see the queue lines with pink ribbon all throughout the theater because people are arriving early. And I keep checking. I'm like, maybe like someone just shows up to the theater and gets a ticket. So I'm in my back corner seat as the previews are starting. <laughs> Nobody else has come in. I check one last time. I'm like, okay, I'm going to move up a row to the center so I have the best seat in the house. Right in front of the projector window, center. I'm like, okay, the previews are ending. We don't even get Nicole Kidman. It goes into the Taylor Swift <laughs> countdown, so I, I get my phone ready. I'm like, I'm about to enjoy a one-on-one -on -one 
showing of me with Taylor Swift. And so if you go to my Instagram or TikTok, you're going, to, you're going to see me singing along so much throughout this entire program. There was one point where people walked in. <laughs> they started dancing a little bit too. They looked up and saw me just eating popcorn while watching the film. <laughs> Quickly went, Ugh. And turn around and walk down. <laughs> yeah. But, but they had then, the same reaction when they saw the guy in the windowless van outside. Yep, yep, that's right. But then when I exited the theater, granted, there was still another showing at 1030 that had one single person in it as well. Every light in this movie theater was shut off. <laughs> I walk out to the hallway. I walked into the concessions area. It's dark. Like, I'm ha- I had to turn on the flashlight on my phone to see. They shut off every single light. The marquee lights were off. I'm like, this is awkward and weird. But I thought, before we get into more details, it was an incredible experience, especially by myself, to get that. Granted, some people said, man, you want the screaming fans everything? No, I I was very pleased to experience fully without being distracted yeah. what I wanted to see, which was an incredible production of this concert by myself. All right. All right. I'll go next because I can do a stark contrast to that. Okay, go over. Awkwardly, the awkwardness is the same. So (laughs) different kind of awkward. So version two. So the quick version, I hope, is that I get back from my cruise, and I'm like, okay, I know we're going to record this episode, I know we're going to do the Taylor Swift Eras tour. So I go, I got to see it. So we on our text chain, I'm like, hey, I'm back. I'm going to go see the show probably on Tuesday. Drop my son off for dance. Immediately go to the theater. I'll see it then. It's a perfect way to not impact the rest of my family, right? That's usually how yeah. I do my movies, right? And Bradford goes, I'm not seeing any showings past Sunday. It's Saturday, mind you. <laughs> right. And I'm like, what? And so I look on the AMC app, and sure enough, Monday, nothing. Tuesday, nothing. Yeah. Wednesday, I was like, oh, we my God. Through yeah. Sunday. But I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought I it was didn't know either. literally the last showing. Yeah. So I was like, "Is it? was it a weekly Release like it was just one uh, weekend. Is that why these theaters are so sold out? Because there's a sense of urgency, like get people there. So I'm like, I have to go see it tomorrow. So sure enough, Sunday I buy a ticket for I think it was a 4:30 show. I have a hockey game at 9:45 because that's what I have to I have to do one time and be efficient. I walk in and it's full of teenage girls and their moms. There's a couple dads in there maybe. I only know that because one walked by me later, which (laughs) at the point. So I sit down in my seat, which is in the third row. There's one, two, three. Those are totally empty. And then the whole back of the, you know, there's like a platform where the handicapped seats are and then the rest of the stadium, right? All full, except for like maybe like a peppering of like empty seats. I sit down. I'm I'm closest to the stage. So let's picture this. I'm sitting down in the third row, dead center. (laughs) By myself, <laughs> no daughter, any no popcorn? wife, any, and popcorn. Yep, popcorn. Okay. Yep. All right, and and a drink, and I sit down, and I realize that I'm the only dude by himself, let alone my age at 46, in that theater. <laughs> so now I'm playing mind games myself the whole time, because now three girls from the back, first song comes out, right? Three girls yeah. from the back run down. And sit in the front row like they've just got upgraded at the real actual show. Right. And they're like, you know, Dan doing everything. And I was like, okay, this is, it's fun. But I'm also the creepy middle-aged white dude, heterosexual guy in the theater by himself. <laughs> staring at them. Staring at, right. It's really weird. So. <laughs> All right. That, that you can't help. They, they came to you. They put, I understand that. But they put you in an impossible actually, position. No, it actually made me feel better because then there were actually three people that were in front of me. Okay. See, all every right. eye was on me before. Now oh. there's at least these three that are drawing attention Were there away any from... midsummer circles in front of you? <laughs> no. Okay. No. <laughs> so Midsummer reference. Nobody in a bear suit. Okay, good. <laughs> so that's my experience with the Aristotle is 
but again, as we, as we wrap up, I'll just say that I thought it was a... We look for movies, like like documentary-type mm-hmm. things. Like this is, again, not a documentary. It's a concert film. But we look for snapshots like this of history to give us a true snapshot of what the moment, whatever that is, 9-11, Pearl Harbor, whatever it may be, is like. This did that for her stardom. Yeah. This movie captures the snapshot that is the world-class, famous person in the world Taylor Swift at the height so far of her popularity (laughs) doing what she does best, by the way. So you have all of that on display in IMAX glory. It was awesome. That being said, I am a casual fan of her music. I know almost all of her singles, the hits. Yeah. I don't know any of her deep cuts at all. So I've class. If I, if I, if somebody came to me and said, Oh yeah, I know Dave Matthews. I know crash. They're a casual fan to me. They may sure. really like Dave Matthews, but that's the song they chose to pick. Therefore, I'm going to call him a casual fan. No deep. So cuts. therefore, I have to do it myself. So I'm a casual Taylor Swift fan. I respect her. I think she's ridiculously smart, which proves being putting out a movie right now, by yes. the way, which we'll get to. <laughs> but uh, I love her talent. She's great. She always preaches positivity for the most part. I love that, or, you know, and self-empowerment. So all these things put in a blender, it was way too long for me. For me. Okay. Okay, so if you're a Taylor Swift fan, this is your heaven, your nirvana, because it's three and a half hours, essentially, after previews and stuff. It's three and a half hours of just your thing, okay? Yep. But as I told Jim a few days ago in the locker room after that show, actually, we're not allowed to talk about the movies and stuff, so we don't, but I did tell him in the locker room while we're getting dressed, hey, if Dave Matthews Band put out a three and a half hour concert film, I would go first day, obviously. Yeah. But I would be so bored. It's just in, too long. In the venue, you can play for five, six hours, and I'll love every second of it. In a movie, it's just too much. And so, therefore, that's what I thought about Taylor Swift, the Eras tour. Okay, so a counter to that with you throwing out Dave Matthews. Yes. How many singles does he have that had radio play? I'm going to guess. Jim, I actually know the answer better than me. I'm going to guess 19 or 20. Yeah, it's about that, right? Big so, mainstream songs. Oh, like seven or eight. Yeah. Exactly. Right. The reason I point that out in terms of like general consensus, and this is your personal, so yeah, I know no, that. Of course, I know that. right. Even casual fans, for me, for instance, the only songs I didn't have as much familiarity with was Folklore. Yes, me too. Right. Because it was the pandemic album. Yep. It was sure. just it was definitely her exploring a different genre of music and everything too. So it didn't get radio sing- play as well. They weren't made to be singles. They weren't made to be singles. They were made to be yeah. storytelling and, and it was it's incredible to see the performances of those mm-hmm. as well too. But I feel like if this was any because this was already short in the concert, they cut songs. Right. Yes. They did cut songs from this. Like Cardigan, don't get me started. Well, yeah. <laughs> so had they cut any more, I feel would have been a detriment to the film. Maybe so, but that's you, that's yeah. you knowing know. that, that is, it's longer. But that set. is my personal take because of how many single hits she has had. Yes. There's so many out there. Like Jimmy's in Cardian. But if they'd cut any more, and even, Folklore didn't even last that long as an era in this film. Right. So, And she's hitting so many of her hits, and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, Muscle Member, you know the words because they've had radio play right, but so she's, long. But she's also, in fairness, leaving out big songs, too. Sure. Okay. Not many. Songs that I knew that I was like, where was that song at? 
Well, a lot of them might be from, so secret, she had plenty of secret songs as well, where she hit a lot of those during the concerts as well, too. She sure. did. So so I think, but overall, in terms of what fans wanted, because she hasn't toured necessarily that much, she was giving them what they wanted. And that's who this is for, obviously, not the right. casual, right? And, and I want to so, be very clear. Most of my, my, my score, when we give it here in a second, is going to be about the film. I'm not right. talking about okay. the music or the artist. That's sure, sure. what you think That's of the song. We're not here to review that. We're not a music right. podcast. We're here for the film, so I'll be talking about the film. I just wanted but to But the say, length is going to come into play for you. Because it's like the film, yes, for sure. Right. So that that's why I'm bringing that into question because you bring up Dave Matthews like that wouldn't be I, I don't think it would be the same. He's a jam band. No, it's not the same. So, I'm just simply saying that I'm trying to make it personal. That's my favorite group. I've seen 42 Dave Matthews shows. Okay, if they if I showed up to Red Rocks or the Gorge or freaking Bridgestone Arena, live. and they right and they play for five hours, it would be the greatest day of my life. But if they turn that into a a movie, even I would be like, dude. The, so no, you're asking people to like, if you're watching or listening to this podcast right now, insert your favorite yes, band that's right. and try to imagine a three and a half hour that, marathon. Yeah. Would you do it? Uh, now let me tell you about like, you know, my take going in, uh, I'm going to relive this concert experience. Uh, one of the things that I think that maybe you are missing, uh, because it was missing, was the actual concert experience. Because when uh, I, I don't think there's another concert out there where people planned their outfits six months before the concert. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. And they didn't make the the outfits themselves, except for this tour. Okay. Uh, being on site day before, day of, day break for a night show was part of the experience for whatever city this came through if you were going to the show. Uh, and being surrounded by the absolute love and probably the nicest human citizens of the world you will ever encounter <laughs> uh, is something that you could not capture on this film. And they, they did a little bit of a nod to it during the closing credits. Which was awesome. Which I was really glad. Yes. Because I kind of, I'm like, yeah, but what about? And they did the, t you know, like a good part of the, oh, the closing credits are, are in the bracelet form. Uh, mm -hmm. And I just thought that was a great touch. Um, to me, this was just an amazing thing to watch because when I saw this, I was watching from uh, a box, which I don't think is a great place to watch a concert, but I'm never turning down that ticket. No. <laughs> right? So uh, what happened for me was I'm watching, you know, kind of a small Taylor Swift in, in person with my eyes, but more often than not, I'm drifting to the really large screen, blown up, televised jumbotron version of what's going on live. And with this film, I loved it because then it kind of went to a third level. Mm -hmm. Okay. So not only am I, like I'm watching this movie, but they're showing her up close. Okay. As if it's like with your real eyes. And then they're also showing you what's showing behind her, which sometimes is a different angle of her, or it's a setting, uh, it's a mood, uh, or it's part of the stage, which every single thing could light up and move and change, like it was like some kind of Transformers, uh, you know, thing. Like, there is no other concert that has ever existed where 
all of these things came into play in one thing. And so, you know, to be able to see that up close and to see it, you know, boom, 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 just go by. Uh, not that there were big lapses between songs in the actual live concert, but for it to just keep like banger after banger, maybe a slower song, but then returning with something that just like gets your blood pumping. I had chills, absolutely was just, it gave me everything I needed. I wanted to relive that show and I got to see it beautifully. I heard it perfectly because, it, you know, it wasn't echoing around a stadium. Right. So, yeah, I was just, uh, it, it, I was totally in awe. I want to focus real quick on Taylor Swift and how she changes everything she touches and changes in industry. And, you know, she has done it with re-recording her own catalogs, and you you could name a hundred things. But this film was a surprise to everybody. And the way she did it, again, she tosses out the way an industry has kind of churned out stuff, and she basically did an end around the system. This is a, uh, a screenwriter named Mike Cordell, who is, you know, was on strike, but is still on strike in solidarity with uh, the Actors Union. And he was talking about uh, how big studios have so much control and how Taylor Swift said, no. So here's something that just happened, and you're going to see a lot more of this. Taylor Swift has a movie, and she decided, I'm not going to the studios to distribute my movie because why would I? I don't need them. She just went to the theaters and said, you want really good content, right? People seem to like me right now. I have a movie, you wanna negotiate? And they're like, yeah, who's the distributor? And she's like, me. Yeah. And she just cut the studios completely out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Local theater gets paid, the, the theater company yeah. gets paid, she and her people get paid. Right. Everybody wins. And yeah. everybody that worked on the production of this film mm-hmm. was, uh, a-okay as far as the people that are on strike because she paid them what they are asking for during this strike. She and, full approval and everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, she just changes the game. And it comes across in her performances and in how she does business. I love it. All right, let's uh, get uh, a final score on Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour movie, and let's start with uh, Bradford. So the production value of the concert, but what it gave me from the cameras, and I'm looking at the film perspective of this too, Mm -hmm. and how it encapsulated, and I know I wish I could have been there in person to experience this, but what the cameras caught for the film was we got to see so much up close of what Taylor was doing, which gave me details of what she was doing. So, So some things that stood out. The inclusiveness of her dancers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People from all different backgrounds, from different walks of life, different s- sizes as well. Mm-hmm. Loved that as well, to be able to showcase th- this is this is the community. It's more representative of, the, of her fan base even, too, right. to have the full breadth of people in her dancers. The choreography, the way she's thinking about storytelling. And we're fine with concerts where they're just out there performing, right? But she is telling a story 
through this production, whether it's folklore or whatnot, through the choreography, the, the costume changes, the props, the screen behind her, and the movie captures that very well. So if you weren't there, you get to feel everything like that too. You're not going to feel the same goosebumps, but you're getting everything that she wanted to put out there that's her and representing her on that stage because they had that choice people put it in the film you're not missing things because your eyes wandering somewhere else or you miss something flashing the screen no they're telling your eye what to pay attention to because this is what taylor wanted you to see i had a good time i loved it i thought the the choreography was great i thought the way they cut the film together and especially in a place like sofi you have lots of technology you can utilize to record a movie like right. this during a concert and that's obviously why they chose sofi for it plus it closed off the tour right yes so so many reasons behind that with that i give it a nine I thought it was a great, great concert film. I mean, it's setting a standard for concert films, too. If you're going to do a concert film and even try to match this level, good luck. Because what the elements that it included, too, because the audio editing with the surround sound, even just in a regular theater, I felt like I was there because I could hear murmurs behind me. I could hear little coughs. I could hear sneezes. I felt like I was surrounded by people and I was by myself in an empty theater (laughs) at 10 p.m. on a Sunday night. (laughs) So the way they mixed the audio with this, it wasn't just Taylor and what was happening on stage. It was they encapsulated all the sound of being surrounded by people of the little itty. So I actually turned my head like, did somebody sneak in behind me? Because I heard little whispers of stuff or people singing. So I enjoyed that aspect of it as well. I have to uh, agree with pretty much everything you said. I thought the sound mix was phenomenal. I, having been there, uh, I also felt like I was there again. Um, who, you know, whoever mixed this thing did it beautifully. A uh, perfect blend of of the instruments, her voice being highlighted, and having uh, the feeling that you are surrounded by fellow fans enjoying the show. Uh, I there's a a technical beauty uh, that she demands of everything. If you see something, if you see something of hers that appears on her Instagram, and it might be just a still photo of her in concert, it's going to be something you're going to want to frame because it's it's beautiful. She has set a standard of just giving you the most pleasing things to see on top of what you're hearing that uh i mean the, the way those cameras captured and here's this is like the dumb little thing but i'm like i can see every little fly away at the end of her hair <laughs> uh as it as it it's it's glowing from a spotlight against a dark background and i was just like wow i can never have seen that at the show and so I loved that uh, ability to see things from a point, vantage point that I, you can't at the concert. And I loved this movie because it, it showed me, yes, she, has, she changed and evolved every single time she put out new music. But there was a thread throughout that made me think like, okay, but yeah, there's an essentially Taylor core through everything from when she wrote it as a teenager to the stuff she's writing now in her thirties, you know, and, and I'm like, that's just amazing. And they captured it so beautifully. The edits were so quick and so perfect and showing me the right things at the right time. I'm also giving Taylor Swift's era's movie a nine. Okay. Go over the attention to detail was tremendous. What I mean by that is yes, Jim, you can see the hairs and all that's all true, but as an audio guy, who deals with sync a lot? Mm-hmm. They have her. They have a shot of her. I'll say close up on the stage, okay? And she's singing along, 
and you don't even think about it because it's obviously synced well because it's obvious. But then they cut to a wide shot from the top of the stadium, for example, and you can really see the jumbotrons. Right. Well, we all know that when you go to a sporting event <laughs> or a concert and you're looking at the jumbotron, it's about a frame or two, maybe even four or five frames behind. Just enough. Because the sound is taking longer to, to get, get to you. That's right. Because the image has to go through and then the sound is already. So yeah. it's a little off. They took the time in this. For the most part, there were a couple moments where I was like, oops. But for the most part, and I'd say 90% of the time, they took the time to when the Jumbotron screens were the focal point and you couldn't see her lips moving on stage, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. They synced it with the Jumbotron. They didn't sync it and they didn't leave it as is. Mm-hmm. They And that was, I mean, that's next level professionalism. It's something you don't think about right. in the moment. And if you're not somebody like yourself, yeah. Uh, but it just feels right. But then if you saw the comparison, you'd be like, oh, yeah, there's a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Nothing you should even notice, right? But it's just unless, unless someone's not doing their job. But, right. but in this particular case, they could have totally got with the speed of which they produced this film, with all that thing, you know, with the rush to get it out, all these things, they could have easily been like, well, but it's, you know. Don't worry this about is, that. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah. This is the concert. It's fire for People understand. It's a jump. No. They went in and they judged it back four mm-hmm. or five seconds. It was great. And then the last thing is, as I mentioned, it's too long. Even for my own personal tastes, with my favorite band up on that screen, it would be way too long. I give it an 8.0. Oh, okay. All right. Still pretty good. Yeah. The Taylor Swift era's movie, Changing Cinema. I know a lot of movie theaters are going, thank you. Saving (laughs) Cinema is more like it. Saving Cinema. Thank you. Yeah, it's going to happen. No passes. Uh, (laughs) Right, exactly. And the same thing's going to happen. I mean, the template has been set. Beyonce is going to be doing it in a couple of months. Uh, and there are other people that are going to be doing the exact same thing. Uh, if you are uh, a fan of uh, Christian rock, there's going to be uh, an event at Red Rocks. They're doing the same thing with a bunch of bands, more of a festival film. So, I mean, this really has jump-started uh, uh, something that, at least to keep our theaters going... Uh, we'll, we'll save them for a while through this strike. With it being Taylor Swift season, we thought, what would be really cool? What, what musical moment or concert or whatever you want to say, again, I'm leaving it vague on purpose, would you love to see a full camera? Again, no behind the scenes, no getting ready, no makeup chair, no post, you're getting off stage, having a comment. None of that. Just the concert. What part of musical history would you love to see shot in a multicam IMAX format for your ears and eye pleasure? And we're going to start with myself because I feel like (laughs) I should maybe like, you know. Bring that to the tables and make sure everybody gets an idea. And also make sure idea. somebody doesn't steal yours. Well, yeah, no, yeah, that's no, a good way. They won't. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's Baby Shark <laughs> created in a in a closet Acoustic in Anaheim, California. Yeah. Yes, Caillou in concert. Acoustic Baby Shark. Uh, <laughs> my, my answer is February 3rd, 1972, Chuck Berry in London. I say that because it seems random, and it is, but it seems random because... I as I think as a just a throw-in, I think I was at like some sort of flea market or something, and it was like, you know, buy 10 vinyls for two dollars, whatever it was. And this Chuck Berry album was in it. Now, Chuck Berry, back in the day, you know, they used to produce he'd have an album, right? Yeah. Chuck Berry on top is was an was an album. That's an actual album where he had like eight different songs, right? But then there's like 
re-releases and then there's like this and that there's compilations and there's a different compilation with the same track list, but just different. Like it's all, it got crazy back in the day. Okay. But in this particular case, that's what I thought it was. I thought, Oh, it's just a Chuck Berry greatest hits album or something like that. It turns out it's called the London sessions. Okay. The, the London Chuck Berry sessions is the actual title of it. And side a is just some songs that he did in London. And then side B is our three songs that he did at a festival in London. And it is that one side, three songs, that one side is my favorite live album of all time. You can feel the energy coming off of the sound, out of your speakers. You can feel it. Yeah. It is unbelievably contagious and amazing. And we talk about energy all the time. We love talking heads, stop making sense because of the yeah. energy that was involved. Okay. This one, I'm sure if you're a Taylor Swift fan, the energy, this, I'm telling you, you can't see anything. Right, but you can hear it, and it's this fervor and this just this. It comes out of the speakers. It's so powerful. I would love to see that whole show. It was only ten seconds. No, ten seconds. It was only ten songs long. I would love to see that whole show in IMAX with that kind of energy. So that's my answer. February third, nineteen seventy two. Chuck Berry. All right, all right. I'm ready to jump in. Uh, I'm going to give you my (laughs) my two quick runner up. Uh, One is kind of a fantasy. There's you can't argue with this one because. Uh, there, at some point, there are musicians and bands that like kind of mesh. They get each other. Uh, I'll say like Foo Fighters and Zac Brown Band, okay. right? Okay, yep. like they've done stuff together before, and like uh, I've heard these stories about you know where where one artist will go and they'll stay at another artist's house for like a month, and you know they jammed there, so. I I think there's a concert that we don't know about <laughs> that I would love to see. Okay, that's that's like one of my runner ups. Uh, you know, my second runner up would be I think. <sighs> no, I'm gonna make it my. Fr- this is this is it. Okay. Okay. It's the Beatles live in New York City in 1965. It's the one they always show you where all you see is the screaming. Mm-hmm. You can barely hear them singing. You know, she loves you, right? To me, show that to, to me like you did Taylor Swift's Eras Tour, where you just a few glimpses. I don't need to see the people fainting, okay? Like, <laughs> uh, th- they, they sh- they've showed us that in the, in the footage that does remain from that concert. I want to hear it great, and I want to see it. In 4K, super, you know, HD, gorgeous, real life. Because it just, because it's all old and black and white, and the sound is bad, and you can't even hear them over the audience. I think that Beatles, you know, live, I think it was at Shea Stadium. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, show that to me in its, in its best form, and ugh, I think that would be amazing. Let's get Peter Jackson to do it. Yes. You see that Apple's documentary? Apple yeah. documentary? Was it, it which, which was incredible. Like it was shot 10 years ago. Yeah. Unbelievably gorgeous. Sorry yeah. Yeah. That. Incredible. All right. So mine took place between 1987 and 1989. Huey Lewis and the News. Okie dokie. <laughs> It was Billy Ocean. <laughs> no, no. At the Holiday Inn. <laughs> I have five minutes of battery left. We got to hurry up. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Michael Jackson, Bad World Tour. Mm-hmm. To be able to see Smooth Criminal, mm-hmm. but then to be able to see him moonwalk. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, that would be phenomenal. Great. To Billie Jean, Ooh. yeah, it's got to be. There's no more explanation needed. You've seen plenty of stuff from that world tour, but I'd love to see that in that kind of environment. Yeah, I think that would rock. That would be to- totally amazing. Let's do it. Uh, if anybody has that footage and went back in time and <laughs> Quantum uh, Leap has back. those cameras, uh, you know, at any of the things we mentioned, please share the footage with us. We won't tell anybody you're a time traveler. Uh, <laughs> tell us what concert do you want to see that happened in history and for real in, in perfect HD and IMAX sound and Dolby audio and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you can contact us to, through any of our socials. Yep, that's on Facebook, Instagram. TikTok, we don't have a LinkedIn, uh, <laughs> or, or even Twitter, what oh, X, whatever. Twitter, but Instagram, TikTok is definitely going to be great, and Facebook as well on Telephone Project Pod. All right. Thank you for listening to the Untitled Film Project podcast. To support the show, please rate, review, follow, and subscribe. Original music by Jeremy Schwartz. Special thanks to the Music City Film Critics Association. Editing and post-production by Jeremy K. Gover. Voiceover by Chad Bennett.